2: And it's all priced
3: at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and
2: 365-day returns.
3: The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Always walls Fan TV and podcast. We've got a cracking show. We've got some amazing guests. We're live across YouTube, Facebook and uh, Twitter Universe as well this evening. And we've got so much to discuss, as always, but we've got joy. The joy is definitely back because we have got a win. We've got three points and we had a goal and a penalty save. But we're also going to be talking tonight About the managerial situation and that managerial situation is uh, about the speculation linking us with a return to Nuno Espirito Santo. And of course, we've been linked recently uh, in the last day or two with the current Queen's Park Rangers uh, manager. Michael Beal, who I believe was uh, assistant to Gerard at Rangers and Villa. He's managed in Brazil, Sa- Sao Paulo or something, I think. And he's also would manage the uh, the Liverpool under-23s. If my resident Stato is watching, uh, Kate, uh, Carl Whitehouse, can you please give us the latest stats on the uh, the manager situation? And, of course, we're also going to be looking and spinning the wheel of fortune which you're going to get a random question that you won't know what it is and everyone's going to add it and we've all automatically we've only been live for 2 minutes we've already got over 130 live with us right now on the channel so i hope you're going to enjoy the show uh, it's going to be a good one and we're going to bring on first uh, because he's had a very hard week Manny, and we're also bringing on Chris. Now, let me just change the backdrop so it looks nice. There we go. Hi, guys. How are you doing?
0: Hello,
3: Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi, how you
0: doing, Dave and Chris? Not too bad.
3: Okay. So, we're doing it in twos tonight. So, we've got three on the screen because we've got so many guests so we can get through it. Manny, yeah. I'm going to come to you first because if you've literally had an epic week. Uh, and, <laughs> I mean, just talk me through... Uh, before we start getting stuck into it. Talk me through your week, and you've raised a phenomenal amount of money for not only the foundation, but for uh, Dementia UK.
0: Yeah, I mean, man, to be honest, it's uh, virtually impossible to sum up um, what has actually happened um, uh, over the last seven, eight days or so. Obviously, you know, we did this walk to Chelsea, and... um, it, I don't think I'll ever sink in what actually happened. Um even when I, I drove from Birmingham this morning back home, I felt that was really a long way. And I thought, how did I walk all the way to Chelsea in just over two days? You know. And I think what happened was, you know, I started it, and my mindset was in, in, a, in a good place. Um, but then when the messages came through, Dave, and, and people started sharing the story, and um, the donations just oh man it just blew me away it just gave me a more energy and more power and more you know it, it was like I can't back out of this now I can't I can't say right I'm, I'm knackered after day one because I was you know I'm not gonna lie I was in pain after 15 miles um, and wow. uh, and after 15 miles I'm I've gone into a boots chemist just to take my socks off and Sort my blisters out. I'm getting blisters at 15 miles, and I'm thinking there's another 110 miles to go. So uh, it it was, you know, it was a, a real battle. Um, I didn't, apart from a couple of hours in Banbury, you know, I I was alone. I was alone. Uh, no support. No no headphones. No earphones. No music. Nothing. Just me and my lunatic mind. <laughs> And um, it got me through, you know, I I think the the longer it got on, the more positive I got and, um, and, and, you know, the more euphoria there was and people started watching. I think when you uh, arrived at
3: Chelsea, you were running on adrenaline, literally.
0: Yeah, the last, I'll tell you what, the last 10 miles. When I say that, people laugh because they think the last 10 miles, 10 miles is a long way. You know, that's like over three and a bit hours of walking. That was complete pain, my shins had swollen up uh, more than anything else just above my ankles and um uh, but then the adrenaline kicks in and you get closer and you want to make the time and i was only 15 minutes later than what i had in my head that i'd I'd get there so um brilliant it was and obviously uh, chelsea were amazing Uh, the reception the fans 500 quid in cash stuffed into my pockets by chelsea fans you know um they, they took me straight onto the pitch, took pictures, and obviously then the right photos because you
3: saw uh, you had a little chat with
0: Collins and Neves, didn't you? Yeah, so you know out of the blue, me and my sons are having a picture taken, and then Collins and Neves jump on the sides to join the photo, and um, I had a bit of an, you know, I was a bit delirious, and they started asking me questions about what I was eating and what music I listened to, and they were a little bit shocked when I told them that, you know, I was pretty much alone, and. Um, uh, yeah, it was a, a, a surreal experience, but the amount raised, uh, you know, it was just short of twenty-eight thousand pounds from that walk. And then yeah, we yeah, went I watched,
4: on. I watched um, Susie yeah. Perry when she called you about one o'clock, yeah. five past one on Instagram,
0: and yeah. I could
4: tell you were you were absolutely god at that stage because you you, yeah. you were really struggling to, so you must really hard to drive on.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the pain was there, but every time I switched on the phone and the donations kept going up and the messages come through and then I could see my family were waiting. They were sending me messages. The emotions just sort of get the better of you. And I struggle to, you know, even speak and um, uh, try and put into, you know, context what was happening. And um, yeah. And and let's, you know, Dave, what's happened this weekend? We did a Smosa Saturday on Wednesday at the women's match to raise money for the out, which and raised...
3: And you did the team talk.
0: Well, that was just so special. I mean, Dan McNamara is a is a wonderful, wonderful man, honestly. He was really one of the nicest blokes you'd ever meet. And he was literally... He, he, he sent me a voice message saying, when you arrived at Chelsea, I stopped my car. And I was sobbing in my car. It was so emotional to watch. And um, he he invited me into the the team room just before the, their match against West Bromwich Albion and asked me to say a few words to the girls. Yeah. And that was really emotional, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, But it was good. It was, um, you know, I talked about my walk a little bit. I told him that they must not, you know, come back without battering them, you know. And um, uh, I also dared them to get Samosa off me if they scored. And obviously on the third goal... Um, it was a, a Helen Dermody actually who captained the side. And she actually ran over and grabbed a smokes off me. So brilliant! You know, the women's football is on the up. The the Wolves women's team is absolutely brilliant. They're a really good set I of girls. You. girls, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And so, so I always say to fans, you know, if you're ever free, season ticket holders, it's free for you. There's no real, no real excuse. Get down there and give them, give them support. And obviously, um, on Saturday, Samosa Saturday, our 16th edition, again, not really having many expectations. You know, these fans have been donating to me all week. And here I am asking them for donations again. But guess what? They dig in again and they go again. And, you know... um, we, we're having a bit of trouble counting our money with that tired but it's over six thousand pounds. You know, and we've got another in
3: the, box in the another. Yeah, we found box. another box
0: this morning that we didn't count. It was unreal, and and it's it's going to be well over 6000 um, uh, £6, pounds. So it's like thirty-five thousand pounds raised in a week for you know mostly Dementia UK and a little bit for the the sleep Manny, I, I, I think I
3: can speak on behalf of pretty much the whole fan base. Um, for for that your your week's been insane. You've not stopped, literally. To, I mean, you're hearing all the comments. You've had so many. I mean, you saw on the video we did on the reaction, all the comments on the YouTube video on yeah. Twitter. i think everyone's incredibly proud of what you've achieved this week. Um, so you know, absolutely well done, mate. Brilliant, incredible.
0: No, yeah. thank you to all all the fans, everybody who shared and 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 followed the story and retweeted. Really, really important, you know, and it got it out. Uh, the whole football family, you know, Chelsea, Leicester, Arsenal fans. I had people from all over the different communities. I had, uh, you know, an Albion fan come up to me and shook my hand uh, at the Waggies game uh, with the women's game and gave me fifty quid. And he says, "Well, you know, what you did last week was so it breaks boundaries and it breaks rivalries when there's a good cause. You know, everybody suffers. It doesn't discriminate against anybody, illness and disease. So, you know, thank you to you guys, Dave. You and all the gang who volunteer with me on Samosa Saturday. And, and, you know, I can never, ever thank you guys enough for joining in and sharing and, and contributing your hard-earned cash.
3: It's a, it's a pleasure to be able to help and put something back, mate, and, uh, yeah. you know, you put that community together. Right, we're going to move on to now, uh, before we talk yeah. about the game, let's talk on to the managerial situation, because Carl, uh, our resident stat-o, has mm-hmm. put the latest stats. Apparently, new news 8 to 11... Uh, Bale, six to 4 Gallardo is 12 to one. I'm not sure where he's from. He's Gallardo. He's a Brazilian guy. He's a Brazilian guy, isn't he? I think from just River Plate. It's River Plate, River Plate. Argentinian or something. He, he played, left he left
4: played at Monaco with um, Maginot, by the
3: way. Oh yeah. right, we got Martins 14 to one, Jardim 16 to one, Bo Swenson, 20 to one, Amaran's now out to 20 to one. So it seems like it's between. Currently, according to the, well, the money that people are putting on, is a return of uh, Nuno or out coming in very rapidly late on is this uh, Michael Beal. Chris, I want your thoughts on this. Where are you uh, with the managerial situation at the moment?
4: I think, I think I wanted Bruno to go and I'm glad he went. I think if you'd have asked me last Monday, the day after he was sacked, is Nuno coming back? I'd have gone. No, don't be so bloody ridiculous. We don't want. We don't want to go there. Um, obviously, Lopetegui um, turned us down. I was quite willing for him to become the manager. He got a pedigree. I was happy with that. Um, I, I, I'm at the stage now where I, I just don't really see anything that's credible. I mean, the Beal guy. He's just. Um, I don't think he's. he's it's too risky. If you went to that game Saturday as we we all did, we're not very good. You've got a lot of great players there, but we're not, we're we're not very good at the moment and we haven't been very good all season. And I think an unproven, untested manager is, is, we're just going down the same road we did with Large. Uh, The one thing I'll say about Nuno is I think he does motivate people and I think most of those players that are still there, that were there with him, and even the new ones that are mostly of Portuguese origin will probably play for him. And that's what I think we need to get back. I saw some signs of togetherness on Saturday in the, in the adversity of the referee and what was going on in the match. But I'm just worried if we, if we make the wrong decision now, it's, it, we're only going one way. And, and, and I, I do feel Nuno is probably the better option than who's
0: there at the moment.
3: Manny, your thoughts on that, mate?
0: You know what? I'm gonna sort of disagree with Chris totally. That's what to we honest, want. yeah. I mean, we to be honest, first of all, Nuno, you know, we loved him, best manager we've seen down there for, you know, three or four decades. Um, absolute legend. Took us to places where we couldn't have even dreamt of when he took over. But I thought, you know, that that was a little bit of a perfect storm for Nuno when he came into the championship, where he could build a side how he wanted and get the players together and he did that pretty much without any pressure from the start you know there was no pressure on him to do anything and he he did great things I just think with a new man you always give a new man some time you give him time to bed in you give him time to get his players you get give him time to um, build his system I just think Nuno one defeat and the pressure will be on it'll be oh my god why did we get him back you know why didn't why haven't we got a progression plan a club has to have a progression plan a club has to be seen to know that if something fails this is the route we're going to go down and to go back to nuno just shows that pretty much we have got no plan we have no, got no money, that's the problem
4: So oh, we've got god.
0: no forward thinking we've got no forward plan so Something like, you know, people say about Michael Beale. Now, I don't know too much about him, but Michael Arteta wasn't a manager and he's top of the league. He was only a coach, you know. He was only a coach underneath other people and suddenly he took his own reins and he took Arsenal to the top of the league. So coaches can turn into good managers and he's been a coach, you know, under some good people at some very high um, places he's doing really well with qpr so i wouldn't totally and utterly rule out someone like michael bill it might be a for me at least it's some at least we're looking outside the stable of guest if you we're looking at other you know other avenues and other places so even though i wouldn't say he'd probably be my first choice and and you know the person i want we are a little bit scraping the barrel. I just want someone new. I want somebody new who then will be given a chance because we know what Nuno is, and I just don't think he will get the same amount of time. There's probably a good thirty, forty percent probably are no to him, and the rest. Of, so that's that's too much for a new person to come in and hit the ground running, and 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 hit, that's why he'll. You know, I think it just. One defeat and it all just fall apart with with Nuno and um his his last eighteen months or so yes the pandemic yes you know Raul um got injured but Nuno didn't score goals he found it hard to score goals you know he, his his record there is an was...
3: argument on that though Manny with the yeah. goals that obviously um his main striker got injured uh, we had the he pan- score goals when he was
0: when he was there, there. there
3: was no fans in the stadium. <laughs> yeah. You know, all of these things conspired um, against him. He still, obviously, we we're in a bit of trouble. He, he put a team together to get us up to 13th. When the uh, the decision for Nuno to go, it was a big shock to all us. None of us saw it coming. Um, yeah. And when he went, he did say it's good, but it's goodbye, not it's farewell, good, not goodbye. So I mean, to, I mean, obviously, I'm being pedantic and giving the arguments. That, that no, is, look,
0: if he comes, Dave, if he comes, you know, I'm like anybody else. I don't care if uh, Chris Humphreys is a manager, I will support him. You know, well, look, I'll, be my number two. <laughs> you know, I will support whoever manages the um, manages the team. You know, I'll, I'll support them all the way and give them everything that I can, you know, but I just, I just think, I don't know. I I thought it was a perfect storm for Nuno. If he comes in now, I just don't think he will get the chance. He'll go, won't get the time to do what he wants to do. And a couple of defeats will, it will spiral quickly. And then the pressure will be put on and, and people will be on his back and, and a new man deserves time. I just don't think he will get time.
4: Uh, I'm kind of with you, Manny, really. Uh, I mean, I, I, it, with me, it's about risk. And, and yeah. I, I'm just looking at how likely is that person to get relegated. And of all the people, I think he's probably the least likely. But that's because I don't know who some of those people are. And, and you know, we could take a Michael Beer, we could go and he could be an excellent manager. But it's a risk. And at That's
0: the moment, mostly with I'm, every manager, though, isn't it? Every manager you yeah, employ, pretty much. Let's be honest, we're not going to get Guardiola, Klopp. Or, you know, the, the elite managers yeah. we're not going to get. So everyone below the elite is going to be a bit of a risk. It might work out, they might not.
4: But, I've got to know. realise we're, we're, we're a bottom four club at the moment. The yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and
0: we're not attractive to people.
4: No. I mean, ideally,
0: you know, we would want us to have the pulling power and the money and throw everything at it and get a Pochettino or two. But it's, let's be realistic. You know, those people aren't on the fr- in the frame because they'll be eyeing up Elite jobs in the you know top five leagues, not a bottom four club. So. I think the
4: first the first thing they'll be asking is how much we're we going to spend in January. How much can I spend? Because they'll look at it thinking they want to bring their players in, they want to change the team, and we don't know what the you know we, we spent a lot of money in the summer, and we don't know what the um, you know we don't know what Jeff She's plans are, and and you know that might be why you know Lopetegui, I know his father was ill, but you know sometimes. If the job's really attractive, you might you might think about it. But um, I'll yeah, tell you what it... I mean,
3: this is the this is the thing, isn't it? At the moment, because I think all of us as fans, we was I mean we were talking about it, weren't we, Manny? We were thinking, how long's he gone? They're going to have a plan. There's going to be someone yeah. lined up. It's there's going to be yeah. bish bash bosh, and here we are, two weeks down the line, and we're still talking about you know the guy from who's who's just been at QPR for like less than a you know a quarter of a season. And yep. Nuno who's over in Saudi Arabia, um out all the way out there. And you know, it's kind it, it's almost reminiscent of that time when we sacked Mick McCarthy and there was kind of
0: You laughing. know, it reminds me of Fabio Silva, you know, the Fabio Silva situation, when suddenly we decided to loan him out. We all thought there must be a progression plan. We've got a striker lined up next day, and then months went past and we had nobody come in. And yep. that's that is the fear that the up in the higher echelons of, you know, the recruitment side, whether it's managers or players, that they're getting things wrong a lot of the time. And this, going back to Nuno, is pretty much an admittance by the hierarchy that we don't know what we're doing, so we're just going to go back to square one because we don't know what we're doing. You know, we haven't got no plan. And
3: there are questions that you've got, that, that there have got to be asked, and we will talk about this throughout the rest of the show, but, like... Obviously, the Fabio Silva situation, no recall. When we know that, that, that it's coming out that Raul's got this groin injury, we brought the, a guy with an ACL um, right at the end of um, the transfer window. And he, he gets injured. We have got another person trying to get into the show. So, if you are waiting to get in, obviously, the spaces will come available. Um, and then, yeah. obviously, you, you look at the situation with Traore, that went we paid for him to go to Barcelona when we needed him in the second half of the okay. season. There's lots of questions that has to be asked in that de- in in that department. And looking at the chat as well, people are very, very split. So we're gonna we're gonna rumble on with this. You've made some great points there. Just, on the- just
4: one thing, Dave. We've got to also think about Jeff Shee and Foson's ability to appoint a manager because in my view they've only got one right in five.
3: And that would be who?
4: Well, Nuno was the only, I think, decent appointment they've gone so far. Look what he did for us, but some of the others, you
3: know. I do, have a little, I do have a little bit of inside information that I'll share if you stay tuned to the show as we go through uh, from someone incredibly close to Nuno that had a conversation with Nuno on the phone um, on Thursday evening, and I can share a little bit of that conversation if you do stay tuned. I will share that a little bit later on the show. We've already we've got over two hundred and fifty watching, so I hope you're enjoying it. Let's get talking about the game at the weekend, uh, Manny. Obviously, we've talked about Samosa Saturday, the setup for the day. You know, it was open because the Samosa's got three points. Yeah. We get three points. You've got a great record on Samosa Saturday day, I believe. Yeah. And we did get the points.
0: Yeah, I mean, we got him, you know, and I really enjoyed the match. You know, people said we didn't play well. I thought it was a brilliant match. I thought it was two teams both struggling, you know, We can't just say, oh, it's only Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest will probably be saying, oh, it's only Wolves. They never score. So there's two poor sides struggling this season. and It was a proper, you know, we went for it. Um, Yeah, some of our final ball, some of our crossing, still a big issue. But, you know, we sort of had a couple of good crosses, good headers, and the one that Kilman hit the post and a few decent openings, just couldn't get that goal. And eventually, we we you know got a goal at trial Ray, I thought it was fantastic during the whole game.
3: Time,
0: yeah, and he set up our best chances. He he's the one who had the shot that led to the the penalty. The penalty was a brilliant penalty after VAR. And obviously, you know pretty much you know that Wolves aren't going to go ahead and score two, three, four or five. That's you know they're not in the situation we're in. Saturday was about getting over the line. By hook or by crook, somehow get over the line, get the three points, and they did it. You know, and yes, they had a bit, bit of luck. Um, you know, Jose saw one handed Saar, makes a brilliant save. You know, he only needs one hand. We, we, everyone was singing that in the crowd, like you know. And um, it was, I thought, I just enjoyed the game, I really enjoyed the game. And there's a few people critical that again of Wolves. I think we don't win games, and we need to celebrate when we win, and it's a uh, it's a tick in the box. Um, uh, well done, Steve Davis and James Collins. Lots of passion, I thought, from the people on sidelines. You could see that was visible. Lots of passion on the pitch with Diego Costa leading the leading the line. Um, I just thought the players seemed a little bit more keyed up for this. And um, um, I, I, like I said, I, I really enjoyed the game, even though you know it was typical Wolves hanging on. And you finger. No, announced.
3: that would be the case. They had a good header at the right rod at the end, didn't they? And he put it, he put it over. over. Chris, who would you say what your uh, your highlight of the day, your moment of the match? Sorry, your, um, your player of the match and your your performance rating. What would you go with on that?
4: Man of the match has to be Sal for the penalty save with one hand. Uh, I don't think anybody played consistently well through the game. too. I thought Adam played well. on like Manny. I mean, he's been slaughtered on Twitter over the weekend. I don't understand it. But I thought he played really well. But I thought Sarr for the penalty save. My highlight was probably, I look at football now and when I'm at the Wolves, if I was there, what would I do? And, and some of it's now far too technical and, and pacey for what I could ever do in a football pitch. But the one thing I saw on Saturday that, that made me think, yeah, I'd do that, was Costa with the ball at the goalkeeper. When when he when we got the corner and he went and took the ball and gave it back to the keeper he'd say come on hold on to this one. I but loved it
3: absolutely. There was I, would yeah, exactly yeah, I would
4: do that on exactly what I would do. You know, I thought it was great. Um, performance rating, I'd say uh, five or six. I, I don't think it was wonderful. I think it was what we needed, and I'm I'm glad they 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 stuck at it. They 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 dug in a lot better than usual. Um, there's just. Inconsistencies. We can't make clear chances. We seem to take the wrong choice at the wrong time. It's you know there was one there where Nunez he he got there he had to slide a simple ball through. He played it so far in front of Chumor draw, he couldn't get the shot off. There was another one where he chose not to pass it Pedence a couple of times. They just I don't know whether they're trying too hard to not make the right decision, but they they just don't make those clear. Chances, apart from Kilman's header and I think 8 Norris. was enough lucky that was, the that was
3: in, off the, in off the post. Yeah,
4: and 8, eight Norries when he comes flying in the back end. And I'm not a, a big fan of his, but he he, he got a good header in. Um, he went down the rest of the game. He wasted the ball most of the time then, but after. But, you know, I thought, yeah, it's, you've got to remember where we're coming from. We haven't won a game in God knows how long. So, he's, we're not going to go out there and steamroll teams. It's just not
3: going to happen. And so, what about yourself, Manny? Your
0: yeah, so, you know, my highlight of the day was, you know, I mean, I just that day was my highlight of the day. I was buzzing and, you know, just entering the stadium and, and knowing, um, you know, how the fans had reacted. So I was on quite a high anyway. Um, but, you know, for me, the performance rating, if someone says to me, we're going to win today, we're going to keep a clean sheet and we're going to score our first, second half <laughs> goal this season, we haven't scored in the second half this season. So if someone said those three things, that's a seven out of ten, regardless how, regardless of how wet, poorly we've played. So you mm. know, for me, um, uh, I was I was really happy. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the passion, even though our, our quality wasn't there. I just thought the players really were up for it. They were really on the front Big foot time. in terms of like passion. You saw that Joe Hodge tackle. I mean, that it was reminded me of but that you know remember Paul Scholes playing for Man United and he used to put one of them in every game and Paul Scholes was a brilliant player but he always put his foot in as well and he didn't get it right but he knew he let people knew, uh, know that he he was about and for Joe Hodge a little kid basically and he threw himself in there and yet yeah, it was late. and but the intention and the and it gets it gets a crowd on side. so you need a
3: little bit of nastiness in the side we've been yeah, saying we these. do, we do. and
0: Costa provides anyway, you know. He's a, he's a proper experience. I mean, he's a manager on the pitch. I mean, the amount of times he cajoles and and points and directs and tells people to push up and tells people to press. He's a, he's a proper leader on the front line, which we have haven't had for ages. You know, I can't remember the last proper leader um, in, in in a forward line. You know that we ever had so. Brilliant mm. to see him, um, uh, despite his pace and his fitness uh, that he can't last 90 minutes yet. Um, uh, so, seven out of ten. Um, and I'll give my man of the match, I'm going to give it to Adama because, you know, it, it, Chris has just talked about Aiton header, Kilman's header and the penalty all came from him. Yep. So,
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Some, yeah. good, some good shouts there, actually, because he did yeah. he did have a, a really good game. Oh, Although, you know, obviously, you're he not going to well, get away without without us I'm just trying to find the uh, yeah the spin the wheel because uh, people do love to spin the wheel I'm just gonna put that off on the screen can you see it yeah man and everyone can get involved with it in the chat so I'm gonna spin it let's see what we're gonna get this week spinning the wheel random question oh here's a good one <laughs> who What's was it, your like? first ever crush? I will go Pretty with you girl. first, uh, <laughs>
4: Chris. Um, well, it was when I lived in Germany. It wasn't a German girl. It was an English girl whose uh, whose dad was a soldier. Um, and her name was Debbie Bates. Fantastic. Um, and, yeah, I did like her. A...
3: Brilliant. Well, unfortunately,
4: unfortunately, uh, things never happened.
3: No, I <laughs> bet you, buddy.
0: I don't, you know what, I, bloody hell, I, that's a really hard question. We Talking about, like, crushes, you're talking when you're, you're probably at school then that, you know, and that's a long time ago.
3: It could be a movie um, star, it could be anything.
0: I don't guy. know, he I don't know. Oh, bloody hell, who was the... Um, it's probably knowing me, I was a bit of a nerd when I was at school. It's probably a presenter on Bloody Tomorrow's World, knowing me. <laughs>
3: <Presenter
0: tomorrow>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, someone's made a good one. Yeah, you know, the Dallas Dynasty um, uh, era. Yeah, that era. Oh, man, I can't think, man. There was, you know, oh, bloody hell, some first names coming first out. Bionic Woman
3: when he was six.
0: Yeah. Wonder Woman. <laughs> Who was Wonder Woman? That was mine. Who was, was the one who was the one that played Linda? Linda, somebody. Yeah, yeah. the one played. There you go, Wonder Woman. There you go. I'm going for it.
3: Wonder Woman, <laughs> fantastic. There's loads on here that's uh, that's coming up, which is fantastic. Mitch, hell. Just to finish off with Mitch, just says thanks again, Manny, for the charity. Oh,
0: thanks, we'll thank, thank you, Mitch.
3: Oh, absolutely, guys. We're going to have to push on because we've got so many people wanting to come on. Yeah. Thank you so so much, Manny. Go and get some rest. Oh you man, I am. Rest now. <laughs>
0: Cheers, no problem.
4: No
3: problem. Cheers. See you later, Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank you, thank you. Bye, bye. Absolutely brilliant to have uh, Manny uh, on talking about what he's done uh, again today. We do have it backstage as well, just to let you know, we do have a, a Nottingham Forest fan that is going to come on and talk about the uh, about about the game as well, um, which is Des Oldham, top bloke, uh, and he's going to come and talk about it from the uh, from the Forest perspective. So we're going to bring on now, young Paul. We're going to bring on Lucy, and we're going to bring on Nathan. Oh my God, you're like twins. <laughs> you literally are like twins. Have you? Are you two text each other coordinated? just <laughs> miss fabulous. the
5: memo.
1: <laughs> and good to see you, mate. And Paul, how day? Day? are you holding up all right? Yeah, things are good. I mean, it feels weird to be waking up on a Sunday morning and, you know, wanting to watch Match of the Day again after uh, after a bit of a barren spell, so yeah.
3: And we were on third. Yeah. I we- know there was only four games, so I told you we have to take that into context, but we were on last but one again, I suppose. But there you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was probably on a high from helping out with Samosa Saturday as well. But yeah, getting the getting the win, it does really put a spring in your step on a Sunday morning. So I'm on a high today.
3: Fantastic! Loads of guys saying hello. Just to let you know, we're nearly on three hundred watching live. Uh, please smash a like on the video if you uh, if you're enjoying the content and the uh, the current uh, state of play in terms of how many subscribers we are. We've just literally gone over twenty nine thousand nine hundred. And two subscribers, so let's get us up towards that 30,000 mark, which would be amazing. Nathan, we're going to come, we're going to talk, first of all, we're going to talk about, again, about the managerial situation. And Lucy, you're a Nuno in, correct? I, yeah. Nathan, you're a, not a Monelli. do we want Nuno back? And Paul, are you Absolutely in
1: the middle? not. Yeah, I'm a, it depends.
3: It depends. So we have got a real good cross section. So we're gonna get stuck in. Now, Lucy, before we get on to Nathan, who's gonna basically tear down your argument. Um, uh, because Nathan's ruthless. We know he's ruthless. Uh, Lucy, tell me emotionally and logically why we should be getting uh, Nuno back.
2: I don't think he should have gone in the first place, Dave. Um, he wasn't backed by anybody at the club. Um apart from the fans, which is obviously not good enough. He needs the backing from the board and he got nothing. So he was just fighting against, you know, a brick wall, basically, and he got no support. The sold players from underneath him that he didn't know about. Um, so, yeah, I, I, why not give him another chance, get him back in? and um, Why not? Why not? I mean, I love him anyway. i I always did, and I was deeply upset when he left.
3: Did you have a Did you shed a little tear I, when he left?
2: I wasn't wasn't a little tear. I sobbed. I openly sobbed, and I will admit it. I don't care because I did when Cody went, but Cody. Mate, my Lucy, <laughs> I,
3: I I cried as well. To be honest, I think it was more shock. And I think from yep. a man, you can show him out. It's a good to show him out. It was, it was, it was because it came out of the blue. You didn't expect it, and it was such yep. a shock. But I am kind of, i over it, long time over it. At the, you know, but like so, basically, you're basically saying he should never have gone in the first place. He's yep. the man that can galvanise the uh, the fan base and yep. uh, get this team ticket. Nathan, let's go over to you before we come to Paul for his thoughts.
5: Um, yeah, I mean, you know pretty Much Dave, that I'm a new no no in the new no no camp. Um, yeah, you're right, Lucy. He wasn't backed and he was a wonderful manager. You know, he's, he's only behind Graham Turner for my second favorite ever manager. I think he was, you know, he did an incredible job. The football we watched in two or three of those seasons was, you know, it was sublime. It all started to go wrong when we had that short preseason injuries and then obviously the, the horrible situation with Raul. However, you know, tactically. He was shown wanting on a few times. The fact he never played Kilman always really bugged me. You know, he tried to bin him off for a, a bag of pork scratchings to Barnsley. Um, you know, and there were other opportunities where he could have brought other players in. So, you know, he kind of left that legacy. And yeah, I was upset when he went, but I thought it was the right time because he'd obviously run out of steam at the club. And all right, the, the problems with the club might be a little bit higher than Nuno. You know, it might be at the board level where, you know, the likes of Scott Sellers isn't particularly popular at the moment. You know we're not getting a lot of uh, communication from the club regarding the situation now. So um, bringing Nuno in just feels like a bit of a desperation to me. I I just think it's it's the worst thing possible to do. We should be looking forward. We should be progressing, and we need to be paying for a proper manager to come in now. Whether that's this Michael Beale, who has you know a decade of experience, but has only really started managing at, at QPR. Or it's Gallardo from Argentina who's won an absolute bunch of things in South America. Um, I don't know, but I, I just think Nuno just feels like a poor choice to me. And and you're right, Dave, you know, I'm probably i in that there's only about 20% of people who think that Nuno is a bad choice. I think a lot of the fans like you, Lucy, would love to see him come back. And if he does come back, I'll I'll give him my complete support. But, you know, we, we should be looking forward, not, not backwards, would be my argument.
3: Absolutely, man. And it's, this, this is what we want. We want debate on the channel. This is what
1: life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the health protector guard plan for you.
3: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, Paul, you're in the opening. And coming back onto that, before I get onto Paul, coming back, I did do a a, a Twitter poll, Nathan. And it was something like 34% were in favour of bringing Nuno back. There was 25% a complete no. So you're about right. And all the rest were sitting on the fence. Uh, when I say sitting on the fence, we're open to the idea. And I think Paul's in that camp, aren't you, mate?
1: Yeah, and from what you just said about the poll, it really shows what a difficult decision that the uh, the people who are making this decision have got. We're not quite sure if that's Sellers, she or a, a combination. But it is a really difficult call. It's not a black and white one, for sure. And for me, it does depend. And I think it depends on which type of Nuno we're going to get if we had him. Because if you think up to the pandemic, he was magic. You know, he walked on water, didn't he? But he seemed like a different guy as time progressed from the pandemic. He looked like a broken man. Remember his body language in that defeat to Albion on the side. He just looked haggard, didn't he? And I wonder if having a change of scenery, a bit of a break from the game in between his jobs whether that's going to reinvigorate him and make him fresh and ready to go again. Because if he is ready to go again, like he was when he first came, then maybe it could be a good call. But when I say it depends, I also think it depends on what people like Neves think, because they've worked with him a lot. People like him, Moutinho, I think you've got to check what your senior pros think about it. So, If they're massively in favour of getting him back, then they obviously are in a good position to make that judgment. Um, But if they're not sure, then maybe they do need to cast their net a bit wider. But I certainly don't think if we do go back for him, I don't think it's desperation. Because he's an excellent coach. He's proved that. He's taken an unfashionable team to the last eight of the Europa League finished seventh twice so I I don't think anyone could say it's a desperation move but it just depends on how fresh he is and it depends on the voice of the senior players so if he got appointed tomorrow I guess I'd be happy and I miss him you know he really gave us so many great memories but equally if Steve Davis and co can get us a win in our next two games or four points it buys a bit more time, and it allows them to explore the other options. Because I do believe they should look at the other options before they make the call.
3: There is a there is a, a train of thought um, that they're considering um, having an interim or sticking with the current uh, managerial setup with the caretakers for the next five or six games. Because there's only how many games have we got till the World Cup? Is it five, six?
1: Yeah, it's um, so we've got Palace and Brentford away, and we've got uh, Leicester, Brighton, and Arsenal at home in the league and Leeds in the cup.
3: So we've got five five uh, Premier League matches. Because uh, there's a, there's an argument that they may that, that or there's there's a suggestion that they might be looking at going into that because they still think they might get Lopetegui um, coming and that's why they're buying the time. But I don't know whether that's a, that's a risky strategy. It was great that they got the win. I think, obviously, um, you saw that what Forrest put up on their social media. Whoever was the social media guru at Forrest, he's probably got the at the chop anyway. It's like the second he puts that out, you've only got I mean, if you heard Steve Davis. He puts it, Nevis puts it into the, uh, the players' WhatsApp group. What more motivation? And the 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 (laughs) Wolves media team, you've got to applaud them because how they took that and turned it on its head, and the new and and post with the three wolves and the the axe (laughs) in the tree, and the little bit the writing at the back which said not Forest as well. It was just absolutely class, and they did such a great job. uh, The media team and the social team at Wolves. Let's just talk a little bit about. Michael Beal. Before we get onto the game, Nathan, what's your thoughts on him?
5: Michael cool, Beal. Um, you know, I've, I've probably done what everyone else has done and gone on Wiki and looked at you know what experience he's got. And you know, you mentioned earlier, Dave, couple of uh, couple of spells at Liverpool managing youth teams. Uh, Sao Paulo, who's was assistant manager, and and obviously now he's he's managing QPR and doing you know their joint top really. I think you know with uh, twenty six points something like that. So he's he's doing well. Um, is he the answer? You know, he's 42 years old. He's very young and, and inex- inexperienced. How much time is he going to get given at Wolves? I think he'd probably get more time than Nuno because, you know, there is that that kind of overlap of what Nuno did previously. And people will be expecting for him to just to, to pick up the ball and, and you know, change everything overnight. So I think he'll probably be given a little bit more time. But personally, I would prefer someone like Gallardo. Um or you know, I think there's uh Jardine. I think we've we've been linked with a couple of more experienced managers.
3: Where's but, Jardine from again?
5: Um he's another Portuguese guy and he's managed in Portugal and I think Monaco was one of his last gigs. Uh I think he's over he's probably over in Saudi or something at the moment. There's a lot um, of managers which tend is to a...
3: in Saudi. They pay a bit of money though, don't they?
5: They do, but it's a bit of a diamond in diamond. If you if you end up at Saudi, which you know is a horrible country anyway, uh, with their their human rights record. But if you you know if you're managing over there, what does that say about your ambition? Whenever we see players who kind of go over there for the money, you just think you know it's not about the game, is it? It's just about the cash. And you know is that why Nuno's gone? Uh, is it just about the money? You got seven million quid from Spurs, so you think he should be all right, uh, you know, with his uh, gas and electric. So. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael Beal, not for me. But um, again, you know, th- it's slim pickings out there at the moment. I think we've we've got to realize we're, you know, we're not picking from. I think as Manny Manny mentioned earlier, we're not picking from the top enchelance of, uh, of Premier League managers. We, we we're kind of a bit a few rungs below, and the club historically haven't paid well um, for managers. You know, Bruno was was it the second or third lowest paid? I think in in the league. Um, you know, paying big bucks for players but not for the manager is, well, is you a, see,
3: is odd. I kind of think if there's someone that we want to go to, like the the guy at Sporting, if, they, if that's the guy they wanted, they go and pay the money. You pay the money for players, Absolutely. you go and do it for the managers. Because at the end of the day, you've got if you've got to show that belief and commitment and go for it. But like, as you say, it's kind of like, well, they don't want to do that, but they do that for a player. Lucy, uh, Michael Beal, does he excite you?
2: I don't even know who he is, mate, to be honest. That's why I asked whether you could do it as a joint thing tonight rather than single, because I don't know anything about the other managers, to be honest, so so I'm not very good at this part, to be fair. But um, from what I've gathered, no. 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 Paul? No, because they're inexperienced. That makes
1: sense, yeah. I mean, Lucy said in experience there, there's no appointment that comes without risk. It'd be interesting to ask QPR fans, you know, what they think in his limited time there. What you know, what they think of him, but I don't know enough about him to make a real proper decision on that. But again, I think I think what disappoints me a little bit is the the lack of speed of which things are happening. Um, If you think back to May when we finished the season, we had a really poor run and they must have been thinking then, you know, if we get off to a bad start, he's living on borrowed time, Bruno. And the, the lack of any clear uh, plan or like a uh, contingency plan for me is a little bit of a, bit of a worry. So it just make me think, will they will they limp on until the world cup break? I think if they get a result on Tuesday or Sunday, then, you know, it probably buys them a bit of time. But as for Beale specifically, don't know enough to really offer much beyond that.
3: I, I think basically when you look at the managerial situation, we're really unimpressed and not, Un- not excited. Uh, Nathan, uh, let's talk about the game at the weekend now. Um, your thoughts on the game, your man of the match, your performance rate and your highlight of the day.
5: All that mattered was three points. You know, I think we knew that going into the game. Um, it wasn't the greatest performance. They're still a bit of a mess. Uh, it's still a back, it's still a bit sideways and backwards. Uh, it's not very progressive. But Forest were easily the worst team we've seen down there. And they left so much room on the flanks to expose, you know, with eight Norrie and, and triori to uh, to bomb down. Triori, man of the match for me. He eight eight out of ten. There's a bit of a hunger back there. You could see it in his body language, the way he was. He was going in for tackles and he was trying to get a bit further up the pitch. He seems to have lost a bit of pace at the moment. I don't know whether, you know, he's, he's had a few more, few too many uh, have managed love triangles, shall we say. He's, uh, he's lovely samosas. Love triangle sounds odd, does it? Anyway, so, um, but all that mattered from the weekend was getting those three points. And I think Forrest were there for the taking. Although we scored, you know, and as soon as uh, we got the penalty, we did seem to, they did the, the that against
3: uh, Newcastle and against Southampton. Same sort yeah. of thing. Because yeah. when you're a team that's not winning with confidence, you get the league, it's that fear of loss. And then you sort of like... Paul will talk about this, I'm sure, because psychologically, because that's what he studies uh, with his degree and, and lectures, sports psychology. But, Paul, I'll I'm, I'm get, get on right in saying is that because they're not used to just winning, 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 and then pushing on that fear of loss kicks in.
1: Yeah, and that stems from a lack of confidence. I mean, confidence is a predictor of seeing something as a challenge or a threat. And I suppose, like, when you've got something to lose like that and you're coming from a base of low confidence, um, then you are more likely to see it as a threat than a challenge. So, yeah, I think that's a good point that you've both made about as soon as the goal went in, we seem to um, take on a different mode of play, like a panic mode. Even players like Matinho and Neves were making quite simple errors that you don't normally expect. Um, So it would have been great to get that second goal and kill them off. Um, For me, the most pleasing thing about the performance was the level of fight. And I think no one really showed that more than Matinho when he was subbed. I don't know if you saw him on the sideline, but it reminded me of when Ronaldo got stretched off in the Euro final 2016. And he was basically like an auxiliary coach on the side and... Martino was hopping around and barking out instructions. And I don't think you would have seen that two weeks ago. Um, So something seems to have changed in the last... um, Between Chelsea and Forest about the level of desire. And I mean, you can see from their Instagram posts over the last couple of... Well, since yesterday, nobody posted a thing about the manager going, but all of them... Um
3: and everyone unfollowed Bruno on social as well. Yeah. Every player,
1: they're all about like, um, and photos of them not just on their own, but like having group hugs and things like that. So maybe that's a bit of a telltale sign that some of the feel goods back amongst the players.
3: And that, well, I think that's right. We want to get this pack mentality back. Uh, we're going to obviously come on to your performance rating and But Lucy, go with your Man of the Match performance rating and your highlight of the day first.
2: Man of the Match has got to be soft. That save was just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I wasn't expecting it, to be fair. Um, it was... I mean, the Nottingham Forest fans were kept on the social media keep saying that they missed. You didn't miss. It was saved. There's a massive difference. If you miss, it goes. You tell them like the Lucy.
3: You tell them like it is. I'll oh, oh, right.
2: tell them, Dave. I'll tell them. It wasn't a miss. It was saved, and it was saved beautifully, with a man with one hand.
3: <laughs> I, I, to be honest, that was the best chant of the uh, the match. He's only got one hand. One great. hand. <laughs> I love that man. It did chuck, maybe chuckle. That did. He saved two penalties, so that's three points he's got us this year. So, so you saw with performance rating.
2: Performance rating seven for me. I was I was impressed today. Uh, yesterday, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I thought the fight was back. They looked they were looking up rather than looking down all the time. The past couple of games that have been watching them, they just haven't looked confident. They went out yesterday with their heads up, clapping each other. Come on, and they went for it and. I haven't seen that for a long time, and I felt so good seeing that again. I was like, bring it on, bring on Tuesday, see it again. Come on.
3: And your um, highlight of the day, or your moment of the day?
2: Oh, I've got two.
3: Oh, go on then, I'll let my you.
2: Big, I had a big hug with Manny, so that was my first one. Yeah. Yeah. He gives it,
3: a bear hug, doesn't
2: he? He really does. I didn't think he was going to let me go, but it was fabulous. Um no, I had to go over and congratulate him before I come and said hello to you, Dave. No um, uh and then my second one was when when he gave that ball, when Costa gave the ball back to Henderson. Oh, that oh, was that just
3: I wish I'd have got Absolutely that on video. The producer said, Did you get that on video? He's like, No, I didn't, but it was I was just mesmerized by I it don't... because he just went he was like he just gave it to him so politely. It was good. Yeah, because the
2: top question. <laughs> The, the Forest Keeper, the time-wasting was unreal.
3: Unreal. It wasn't time-wasting time in the last 20 minutes, though, to be fair. It was early days when the, when the South Bank were counting 16, 17, 18, yeah. 19. That was yeah. good. We have got a Forest perspective coming up uh, very, very shortly. with Des, uh, who's a Forest fan, uh, I think he was at the game, so I'm sure he's going to give us his perspective in a, in a second. Uh, Paul, you're... Uh, Player of the match, uh, man, man of the match, performance rating, and moment of the day.
1: Yeah, I don't think we win that match without Neves. Um, I think it, we've asked for leaders to step up. And he literally did that when he took the penalty with all that pressure on him. But I think he, um, he enabled us to control the game in the first half. Particularly, I thought his range of passing was good. I thought his um, defensive contributions as well, uh, ball recovery was very good. And uh, I think he acted like a real role model to the other players yesterday with his taking responsibility. But I do agree with what everyone else said about Traore as well. I'm enjoying watching him. And it just shows, really, how Bruno misused him by trying to play him too much inside. His strength is getting on the outside, isn't it, and trying to get crosses in. My performance rating prior to the goal uh, would be seven. After the goal, I think we lost lost it a little bit, but at least we fought, so it would be a six. So call it a six and a half, if you like. Um, apart from Samosa Saturday, my highlight of the day was when the final whistle went, and mm-hmm. just turning and hugging my daughter and feeling such a immense feeling of relief um, run through my body after that. So the final whistle was my highlight.
3: And I'm going to share with you a moment of my day, which is, uh, which is good. Because I was at the Samosa Saturday, uh, obviously helping. And I was with Kate. Um, and this gentleman came over. Um, and we had a real chat with him. His wife's got dementia. Um, so it was really nice. And one of the things that he, he said, which really got to me quite emotionally, actually, that he put my videos on. And his wife, because she used to go to the war, said, "What? What's that? What's that?" And when she plays my videos and the channel stuff, if she comes alive watching watching it. It sort of like really gets gets her like mind. And he said, uh, he said that was wonderful. And I thought that was just uh, that was my moment of the day because you don't hear these stories. And he just came over and said, like, "Keep up doing what you are doing. it really helps." Uh, can, the community connects as well as the So that was my moment of the day, and I just, if he's watching, um, and his wife's watching. I just want to say a big hello and thank you for that because it really, really, it made my, made the day for me just hearing something like that. So it was really wonderful. Um, are you ready for spin the wheel? No. I think you got. Well, you ain't got bring any choice. Nathan, are you ready? Paul, I'll bring it on. Yeah, here we go. Spin the wheel. So, what's going to come up this time? Everyone in the chat can get involved with this. Um, have you any of you had this one before? I can't read it. I can't read it, Dave. No, if any of you were an animal, which animal would you be beautiful? And I'm going to let you go first. I'm out. Lucy. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> you, you can go first. Yeah, she she was a giraffe, I asshole, a giraffe. One, but i let you go first. <laughs> are you gonna stick with a giraffe, Lucy, or what?
2: No, no, I'm not. No, because I only went for a giraffe because of me lankiness and the fact that <laughs> the fact that somebody else had took mine. No, I want to be a wolf. There's a few of the
3: that pack, are with you. The
2: pack mentality.
3: So you've got you've picked wolf. Uh yeah. Andrew Benton wants to be a cat. Uh Chaotic says a hippo, one size. Of what am the size of one, so why not? That's funny as. Um, Nathan, if you were going to be an um, animal, I'll, t- I'll give you my answer as well for this one, because I get away with it, tonight, and I'll tell you mine as well. If you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Um,
5: it, it would have to be a cat, I think. Just the lifestyle of, you know, we've got a cat, and he's an indoor cat, and he gets fed, you know, we clean his toilet, he sleeps, that's his life. I mean, it just sounds wonderful. You know, I've got to get up at six o'clock in the morning and drive to work and have a physio session and I'd just, you know, earn the money to keep this place going. Being a cat would just be genius, wouldn't it?
3: A cat is a very, very good answer. There's a few coming out here. A lion, as it's a Leo. Wolf's back in. Dog, because uh, he does a lot of walking. Uh, that brings us on to you, Paul.
1: Well, my kids often say that I'm like a cat because I I am partial to a little afternoon nap myself. Yeah. But um, I'd probably say that I'd be most like a a dog that can't sit still, like a border collie or something that always needs to be on the go. That would be a very good description of you. If you owned me and I was your dog, you'd need to walk me like three or four hours a day because (laughs) I have um, a lot of energy that I need to release all the time. So sheepdog, I'd say.
3: Fantastic. And I'm going to give you my answer. So I'm going to, go, I've given this some thought. I'm going to go for a dolphin uh, because they're sleek, they're intelligent and they've always got a smile on their face.
1: Are you stretching it a bit
5: there? <laughs> one out of three ain't bad, Dave. One out
1: of
3: three ain't bad. <laughs> you've got
1: your so so You're
3: a sociable animal, so I'll give you that one. I am sociable. I do like to be sociable. Guys, thank you very much for contributing again this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. We've had a bit of fun, much, right? Cheers, Dave. And yeah. we'll uh, hopefully, uh, we'll go on and get four to six points the rest of the week. Fingers crossed on that,
1: yeah. And uh, thanks mm-hmm. to all the listeners. It was really nice to people who watch the show and came to me and most Saturday and say, Oh, you know, they enjoy watching the show. So thanks for all the uh, nice comments.
3: Oh, that's wonderful. Thanks, Paul. See you a bit, guys. Take
1: Cheers, care. Dave. Bye, Cheers, Dave.
3: Cheers, Lucy. Cheers, Paul.
2: Take
3: care. Bye. So, right. So, we've got some great guests backstage. We've got Jason Guy. We've got Chris from Wolf's Life. We've got Hoops, who's going to be making his debut here, which will be coming up very soon. And then, uh, last up, but no means least, we're going to get the double act of Jack and Josh on. So, but we have before that, we have got, we have got, we have got, a Nottingham Forest fan. And I will tell you before I go uh, today, the little conversation that I had. Uh, Des, you're a Forest fan. Thanks ever so much for coming on and giving the Forest perspective on the game. Uh, I think you were there at the weekend.
6: I was, yeah. I was, unfortunately, I witnessed the uh, shocking performance from Forest again. And yeah, plenty to say about it. You'll be pleased to know.
3: Great. First of all, what do you think of uh, Morgan Gibbs White before we get cracking? What's your thoughts on on Forest spending thirty five million on him?
6: Well, I, it was interesting because I was actually watching. I've been watching the show for a while, as you know, and it, I I've not heard much said about him in terms of the game yesterday. And, and but personally, I really, really like him. I really want Forrest Forest to sign him. I'd heard one or two things over the summer, and. Coming up from the Championship last year, every time he played us, he, he tore us apart a little bit. He was the one player for Sheffield United who was he, he was winning the show. Since he's come, you know, it's he, been a bit indifferent for him. I, th- I think he shows flashes of real ability. Forrest, of course, is struggling at the top end of the pitch, which is not going to help Gibbs White settle in as quickly as he wants to. But when, when he gets on the pitch in you know, and around players like Brennan Johnson and, and Lingard, when he's shown one or two good touches, who's not been great himself, You know, they, they show some real great link-up play and give us reasons to, a reason to be optimistic. But right now, it's not quite worked out for him, but I'm sure there's plenty more to come and hopefully by, as the season goes on, we'll see more and more of, of that true value.
3: So as you were walking to the ground, uh, coming down to Molyneux, mate, obviously you'll be looking for the team and looking at what Forrest are putting out. And then Forrest put that tweet out. As a Forest fan, what were you thinking at that point?
6: Oh, it was interesting. That's been a big discussion here, here in Nottingham today. And I was actually in Birmingham New Street when when we saw that t- t- tweet. We were coming through and and the friends I was with, we all kind of gasped. No one from a Far East fan perspective was uh, of that mindset,
3: you know, what, what the tweet come across. you like, like kind of roll your eyes and go, that's all the Wolves need to get motivated there.
6: Absolutely. You know, the, I think I think I, the first time I saw it was from a Wolves fan saying, it might have even been yourself. Uh, so Somebody said that, put this up in the changing rooms.
3: Yeah, I did put that up.
6: Yeah. So that was the tweet I saw. And, and then you just think, oh, what have you done? You know, Forest aren't in a position to start giving it the big one. Um, I, it wouldn't be that classic for Manchester City, but you could kind of understand it. But being at the bottom of the league and, and seeing that kind of tweet, just from a, a purely Forest point of view, that they, they have major issues with uh, with social media. They've they've gone through about three or four different ones this season. But obviously, someone's signing that off, and that just don't it just don't bode well does it going into any game yes like you say we we rolled our eyes and thought oh my god what have they done but like i say from a fans point of view we was a bit shocked and a bit like
3: what are they doing you know what you want is it when you're you're trying to go there and get a result and then you're like well you're thinking if wolves had put something up like that that's just what we put up in the it's the same sort of thing uh, Steve Davis, a, a Wolves interim manager, said in his post match that he didn't have to say anything. Ruben had already put it on the Wolves WhatsApp, and Wolves were quite highly motivated when they come out the blocks uh, early, um, as well, and started on the on the front foot. I thought, to be honest, Wolves were on the front foot for a lot of the game. It seemed to me that Forest would come in for a point and hopefully to try and sneak something. I don't know what you thought. A bit like what you did with Villa.
6: Yeah, I, I think the I think the, the emphasis has changed slightly. Cooper's Cooper's tactics, Cooper's belief is to go high pressing football. In some way, what Wolves did to us yesterday, but over the last couple of games, since there was big rumours of him getting the sack, and then him signing a new deal, the philosophy has kind of changed a little bit. And it's almost like they're now trying to find that base to build from. I know you've got questions there about the 22 players and I'm sure we'll come on to that, but it's like he doesn't know his, his, his team. So somehow they're finding this, they're trying to find this sort of solid base, the back four they've reverted to from a back three, you know, and, and if they can take a point like they did against Villa, they're almost happy with it. There's a strong belief still around the management team I hear one or two pits that they believe they can they can pull it off. At the moment, they look like, Old song for relegation. No father's fan would argue with that, but there is a strong belief within the club that they can pull it off. So, what they want to do at the moment is just dig out some results. You know, if it is a point, if it is, you know, a sneaky win, in many ways, looking at the game yesterday, if the penalty goes in, you know, and we we score that header, I'm not, the game wouldn't have been the same, I know, but they're looking for that kind of result, almost to I don't want to use the term you hear often in football because it because it's swearing, but almost sort of digging one out, you know, battling hard and 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 getting the three points somehow. And that first three points is going to be it's going to be crucial to see how we take it on again, do you know we? When we lose next game, <laughs> Liverpool. Uh, is <if> that home? <laughs> oh, sorry, no, we've got we've got Brighton on Tuesday. Um, that's home. We've got Brighton away on Tuesday, which I don't fancy. Then we've got Liverpool on Saturday.
3: Tricky, tricky, tricky. It's, it's hard to get points in the Premier League, to, to be fair. Uh, there's a question asked, what do you think of the 22, 23 players that have come in? Because I kind of uh, put it in, forgive the pun, because you're a, a Nottingham Forest fan. It's almost like you can't see the wood for the trees. So many players.
6: Well, it's it's interesting to say that. I think, I think the best... <laughs> The key thing to remember in all of it is we got promoted with a team that... A lot of Yeah, Yeah, a lot of lone players. I'm not just going to use that as an excuse. But there was also a lot of players in there that struggled in the Championship for a good few years. What Steve Cooper did last year was a little bit miraculous. To, to drag us up the table, to give them that belief that there were better players than they probably were, some of them. So there was a high turnover. There was the five lone players. There was the goalkeeper who fell out with. The management, there was Lewis Graben who, who retired, Joe Lolly who got injuries and players like that. So the, there was always going to be a high turnover. The problem the problem, comes when you've got owners pulling in one direction and a manager pulling in in another. So it's almost like they've gone, well, you, we'll sign your players. Obviously, Morgan Gibbs-White was probably a, well, we know he was a Steve Cooper signing. He was the one he
3: wanted all summer. Because he um, the him with the under seventeen or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, so
6: there was one or two others, um, Louis O'Brien, and players like that who you just think that they fit the mould of Cooper, workman-like, he can get something out of them, can build a relationship. And then there was a lot of players so from abroad who, who, for me, just just aren't really standing up to it. I saw another question in there about the uh, sacking the um, recruitment Team, they've sacked the recruitment team because the signings just haven't been good enough. So Cooper's kept his job. His signings tend to be playing, and the ones that were signed by other people. And again, its owners getting big ideas about where, where the club's going in the Premier League. For me, I've been saying in the last couple of weeks on different podcasts, on Forest Podcast, that we need to. We need to somehow get back to using some of those players that got us promoted. There's still one or two around, you know, but they're not getting a game. The only one that really plays at the moment is Ryan Yates, who, who's a workman-like player in midfield. But we need to get players in the team that we can trust. And I think that's far his biggest problem at the moment.
3: It's going to be interesting to see how it goes because, um, you know, Cooper was, you know... A lot of people think, oh, we might might get the push. And then the manager, the the, the chairman's backed him, which is a rarity these days. I remember going to watch Wolves play Forest in the League Cup last year. And it was just actually at the city ground. And there was like a slope on the pitch because it was so one-way traffic and you were so bad. And it was absolutely, I mean, you were just terrible. And then, like you say, this time last year... Um, you were almost in the same boat in the uh, the championship, and then he got you promoted. So, you, you, from a Forest perspective, I'm, I'm guessing you think, well, we're in a in a worse position last year, and we got promoted. So, who knows what could happen? Just um, before we finish off, your thoughts on Wolves um, and where you think we'll uh, we need to improve in terms of like uh, what what you think about the managerial situation and where do you think Wolves will finish in the end of the season?
6: Well, based on yesterday's game. Um... I've I've seen what the guys have been saying, and of course you're gonna be optimistic. You won the game, you got the three points, and 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 it's about getting those in the Premier League. That's what I'm learning very quickly. It doesn't matter how you play, of course, if you're playing well, you'll take that as well. I thought yesterday was a very, very poor game. I thought there was a chance to get points for Forest. On the sort of balance of the game, I think it was fear that Wolves nicked it in the way they did. One nil seems pretty fair. It was it seemed like a dodgy VAR, you know, there was one at the other end, we missed the penalty. And again, that we're talking about fine margins, aren't we? I I think Wolves personally, I don't want to just come on here and, and criticize because I, I try and be um truthful of my tough. opinion, but they're 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 gonna they're in for a struggle. I seen us play Leicester a couple of weeks ago and Leicester looked like a a much better side and they're struggling you know they're, they're even worse so I, I, I think that you, you're going to probably be in and around there probably just got enough quality at the end of the day with with people like sort of Costa didn't play brilliant yesterday, but he, he he's going to always be at it. He's going to be always at. Defensive. Well, he's
3: still coming back to full fitness because he hadn't played since January. So hopefully, and he got we we got eighty minutes out of him yesterday, which is great. Be interesting to see how he recovers for Tuesday. Wolves' next two games is Palace away and Leicester at home. Interestingly enough, um, and then obviously we've got um, some fixtures up to the. Uh, it's a funny old season because obviously it's going to be you know, about a third of the way and then you've got the, the Premier League break for the World Cup and then you go on. I really I really hope you stay up, um, mate. I, I really do because you've been out the yeah, Premier League for a long, long time. You're a good set of fans. You took a great... Uh, you, you filled the whole bottom tier at the weekend. You travelled, anything. And I, I really enjoyed going to the City Ground last year. I had a curry just round the corner before uh, and I'm looking forward to going to the City Ground again. And it's good to get Midland teams... Um, in the uh, in the Premier League, so you know, and from your point of view, you're sitting above Derby, and uh, we're sitting above uh, the West Birmingham Baggy Birds. So uh, it's no, quite we're,
6: we're just enjoying the trips at the moment. We're enjoying. I am personally, you know, I keep saying to fans through podcast, just enjoy it. You know, it looks like we're going to go down. It looks like it's going to be a long old season. But at the end of the day, you never know. You touched on what what happened with Cooper last year that if he believes he can do it they're looking at this international break this World Cup break and potentially coming back a lot
3: stronger from that so hopefully
6: we can prolong it and, and get down there again next season
3: Fantastic mate and we'll uh, we'll link up again before the Forest game away hopefully we'll see whether we can meet up before the game or something like that Des, uh, thanks ever so much for coming on again part of the, uh, the Pitch family which is nice as well because they're great people over there aren't they? And um, it's uh, it's brilliant, and I do hope you stay up, mate. I really do. I think it will be tough, but there's a possibility. I still think Bournemouth will go down. I know they've had a good start and they're doing all right. I think Bournemouth will go down, um, and y- you've still got a chance yet. There's, if you look at the table, couple of wins, although you have got Liverpool and Brighton next, which is difficult. But then you, you, know, you know, all right, mate. Oh, oh yeah, I'll do. You spin the wheel quickly. Oh, cool. Hold on, this. let me put it on the, uh, let me put it on the, oh, you can't see it. Well, let me just put this up on the, uh, on the screen for you properly so you can, actually, uh, you can actually see it properly. So you can do your spin the wheel because you're not going to get away with it. Yeah. Sorry, here we go. And your spin the wheel is. Tell us about your personal greatest sporting moment.
6: Well, I am might not look at on appearance at the moment, especially as some Wolves fan reminded me on pitch football. Um, I am a bit of a runner, so I, uh, I I got into running a few years ago and I've done the London Marathon. So doing the London Marathon was, was a, a real big thing for me and achieving that. I've actually done five marathons now, so that's that's got to be my thing, especially getting into it a little bit later than normal and using it to lose a bit of weight.
3: Fantastic, mate. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on to give the Forest perspective. It, uh, you know, and the, the fact that you come on after a defeat as well says a lot more. A lot about you. So, thanks for that. And uh, we'll touch base again later on in the season, mate.
6: Always. No Thank you.
3: Cheers, pal. Cheers.